big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one welcome to you to this episode which is called How's School? My name's Marion Rose and I'm Lael Stone and we have got lots of juicy things to talk to you um, today about and what I love again about this is that Lael and I have very different experiences around school and learning and education and our children and what again I'd love to say just starting from the beginning is that we really invite compassion for for you, whatever your choice is, whatever you do, whatever your child does, this approach is all about compassionate acceptance and inclusion of all different choices that we have around school and learning and education. Mm, yes, and look, this is a big topic that we both were like, well, we sit in, in definite um, opposite sides of the spectrum of how we've managed this with our children. So I think maybe we'll start there with what that looks like. So do you want to start with what schooling looks like for your, for your children? <laughs> so uh, my lovelies are at the moment 17 and 12, and they haven't ever been to school. Uh, and we've done all different types of you're familiar with homeschooling or home education depending on where you live in the world we've done all different forms of that you know there are lots of different ways to go with that but yeah they haven't ever been to school and uh, there have been times where that's been challenging and but when I reflect back now after 17 years I, I really loved the journey I've loved the journey and still love it and again I really want to say I totally uh, have so much respect for us as parents and the choices we make I think it's one of the most important things we can do is really following on from um, a previous podcast about listening to our yeses and noes is actually really listening to ourselves around this subject because there are so many choices and there are so many big feelings and opinions I think it's so important to listening listen to ourselves and what what feels most helpful for for our family and our children so I'd love to hear, yeah, come share about your experience. Yeah, but before I get into that, can you maybe expand on <laughs> what does learning look like for your kids? Because I know people would be like, well, what is that? What do you do? Do, do you want to expand a little bit on how that's looked for you as far as your kids learning? Well, it's really changed, um, as I said, because I've played with different approaches over different years. So over the 17 years of my daughter's life, we, we've tried more structured learning. I used to be really passionate about Montessori education when they, particularly when my daughter was younger, her dad trained as a Montessori teacher. So I really loved that. Um, we, we've done all different, all different types, but really I think what I've come to from this experience is I really deeply trust that my children uh, will learn exactly what they need to. So nowadays it's, it, it's we, we pretty much do what's called natural learning so they really just do what they love and I trust that they learn what they need to learn and I've seen that time and time again <laughs> uh Lyle's just taking a picture uh that's why I was laughing I've seen it time and time again you know one day my daughter decided she wanted to learn the periodic table so she spent weeks and weeks and weeks drawing pictures of it getting a thing from the getting an online thing learning a song so that she could learn all the elements uh you know there's so many times where I've seen that with my children they've just decided well I want to learn Spanish or I want to um 
learn this or that or the other and just and they've just followed that passion so I think what I really like to hold for children whether or not they go to school whatever they experience is that I really have a deep trust in children that if we can support them in really deeply listening to themselves and what they love that they can they can put their mind to anything and really learn anything so that's really Mm. where I stand at the moment and I love that and I absolutely 100% agree with that (laughs) and I've probably had the different the absolute opposite experience with my children Uh, just because they've all gone to mainstream schools so from when they were little they went to kindergarten Um, we actually had a pretty awesome beautiful natural kindergarten that they went to for a few years but then they went to the local primary school and then on to um, to high school which has looked different for for all of my kids and it has I would say been a challenge having my children in mainstream school and aware parenting and I have learned a great deal about it I, I would also love to say it is really possible to still raise your kids with aware parenting and have them be in the system and in the school um, even though you know the schooling system is very much about this this kind of industrial um, industrialized old school culture of, of what school is is that everybody learns the same thing and at the same time and you have to sit down and learn it and it's still that rote learning thing and, and there is absolutely other options of Montessori and Steiner education and and different um, variations out there within it but it still is these kids go from nine to five or nine to three and they have to all kind of learn the same kind of thing. And, and that's really the opposite to what you're saying of, of following their passions and their interests. And that is absolutely where my kids have come home and gone, tell me again why we're doing this. And, so, and what do you say? So, look, my experience with school and I guess the choices we've made is because I wasn't in the position to homeschool. Oh. I, I think I would have liked to, but for me it wasn't an option, I think, because I, I also really enjoyed doing the work I was doing and I didn't feel like I could hold that in that way. So for me there wasn't necessarily a huge willingness to do it um I also find my kids are massively social creatures so they love people and and they would go to school because of the people and to learn about relationships and and you know they're still learning but that's how they navigate it so if I look at my son's schooling journey so he you know he's a, a child too that's pretty much a yeah I'll just get on with it even if I don't like it I'll do it so he he I'd say the word around schooling for him was tolerated <laughs> um he would go but he was pretty clear right from the beginning that this doesn't serve everybody so we would have very candid conversations about what the system was that this is how the system set up um, I know that it doesn't necessarily empower everybody, but this is the choice we've made at the time. So how do we find as much awareness around it as possible? How do we, um, you know, still adopt all our beautiful aware parenting philosophies, you know, even when they're in the system? So um, to kind of give you his timeline, he went through primary school. I remember him coming home in about grade four going, you know what, I don't, school's really a waste of time. I'd really like to go and get a job and work (laughs) because he's always loved money and and working and earning money. So I was like, yeah, I, I really would love to support you in that, mate, but just not yet. You still need to perhaps learn a few more things and... So he tolerated it. He got to high school. Um, Again, sitting in a classroom was not for him. He's always been an athlete, so he had to move his body. So he would do the bare minimum in classes, but then excel whenever he could use sport or use his body. And around about year nine to ten, you know, he was really just struggling a bit with this doesn't serve me. And and we discovered a great school called CEDA, which is S-E-D-A. 
and it's a sports academy and they've got schools all over Australia in relation to all different sports and basically they provide year 11 and 12 um, with the understanding of that children don't all learn in the classroom so most of his learning was done outside um, he was a soccer player so everything that they learn regarding numeracy and literacy was in regards to soccer so uh, whether it's like writing player contracts or whether it's how much money calculates to run an event or um, everything was related back to something they were interested in. And he had the one teacher who was an ex-soccer player. Uh, all his mates were all into what he was doing and he absolutely thrived. And they taught them amazing life skills around um, public speaking, you know, going for a job, writing resumes. They gave them skills to prepare them for life. It really was brilliant. And and, you know, I, I really do like the CEDAR organisation. I think for some kids it's a brilliant opportunity to still excel. And and he worked, he got his dream, he got to do Year 11 and 12 at work one day a week through CEDAR, so he was earning money. And, and then that moved on to him being offered a full-time full -time contract at a job that he absolutely loves. He gets paid a great wage and he's working in an organisation in, in an industry he loves. So it was just a brilliant pathway for him. Um, they also have the options of going to university if kids want to do that. So there was an option that I see. And CEDAR's only been around for about 11 years now. And it was started by a guy that really was a sports teacher that just saw so many really bright, intelligent kids just flailing at school because really the, the way they learned was through moving their bodies. So that's why he created that. So that's been my son's journey. Um, my middle child, um, very much again to has gone to mainstream school. She loves school because if, if there was a class just in friendship, she would just get AIDS <laughs> because all she loves to do is talk and chat and be social. Um, not so much the learning part, but her whole, I look at her and think, her whole education is around relationships and around navigating school and teachers and that's where I've seen it be brilliant for her because yeah. it's given her these incredible life experiences about how to navigate people because she's such a people person and I feel like she will go and work with people so for her maths those kind of things have no interest but I see that the benefits of what school's been for her has been putting her in lots of different situations where she has to navigate people mm. so I've seen that that's been powerful she also doesn't love sitting in a classroom learning she's a real kinesthetic learner so we've had to navigate ways for her to learn um, with subjects that hold her interest she's currently in year 10 so I work with the school a lot to say look this is how Indy learns and um, this is how she's going to thrive how can we work with that and her school's been really willing to to give her options outside of what the mainstream is to help her navigate that. So that's been really um, an interesting journey and trusting her journey within schooling. And then my third child is really academic and writes herself homework. <laughs> so she, she's the opposite to them. She loves rote learning. She loves sitting there. She loves, I remember even when she was three and four, she'd like, write me a lesson plan. Or she, she loves that learning really gels with her. And um, she gets a lot of satisfaction out of that. She loves achieving things and tasks and those kind of things. So having three children who are three completely different <laughs> kids around learning has taught me to be so trusting of their individual journey and that's one of the things I see a lot for parents who are worried about school is you know what's going to happen if my child doesn't go to school and complete this and I've always said to my kids both my husband and I have always been entrepreneurs I started my first company when I was 19 
never went to university. I always just went, this is what I love. I'll figure out a way to do it. And I've always jumped in and have found a way. And that's what we've always said to our children. You know, school is one way and and education is important on many levels, but it's not the be all and end all of of life. There's so many ways to learn and be. And so my kids have had that imprint and I think that's allowed them to find and explore other ways to navigate education. From an aware parenting point of view, and and again, this is what I've talked to many parents about, you know, school is very much about control. And, you know, children often feel very powerless in school. You know, they're told they have to ask permission to go to the toilet. You know, they're told when they're allowed to eat, when they have to do things. So particularly in the younger years, I have found that a lot of listening is needed for kids when they go to school, particularly when you pick them up from school. So all that holding that they do all day being good because that's what the system asks of them um, usually needs to explode when they see you at the end of the day. So it was very common for all of my kids all through I'd say prep and grade one at least, that the moment I would see them in the schoolyard, they would just completely lose the plot. (laughs) They would just drop their bundle. And I'd sometimes just kind of contain them to at least get in the car (laughs) so they could lose it in the car because in the playground, you know, there's a lot of looks and stuff. It's not not necessarily uh, welcomed with open arms, big tantrums in the schoolyard. So I would find that pretty much my kids would need to have a big meltdown at the end of the school day and would always need quite a lot of attachment play to help, you know, de-stress from the day, to help regulate their system. And particularly in the young years, we had to play a lot of schools, a lot of um, kinders when they're at kinder, where we would role play what happened at school and they got to be the teacher. And that was a really amazing way to get an insight into what was actually happening for them at school, but also, um, you know, them processing what, what was going on throughout the day. So, you know, through the primary years, we did a lot of playing of schools where they would, you know, act out what has gone on to make sense of what it was. A lot of listening after school. So, and, you know, our standard was pretty much let's get in the door and rumble. So we would drop our bags and run and jump on my bed and we'd just wrestle and rumble for a good 15 minutes. So they could have that connection. They would get to be powerful again, hitting me with pillows, knocking me over. There'd be lots of laughter and giggling. And then, um, you know, sometimes there was tears, but then their bodies would usually have reset and then they were ready to go on for the afternoon and, and into the evening. So I found that, you know, sending my kids to school, they have needed a lot of listening, which may made it anyway. I mean, um, because there were other stresses in their world and there was often a lot of powerlessness. But then as they've moved into the teenage years, I've found that they, um, they've, they've become more aware and discerning just from having that foundation of aware parenting. So many times my kids have rung me or they've come home and gone, oh, I got in trouble today or I got a detention or go, what happened? And they're like, well, I called a teacher out on their behavior or I actually stood up for someone who wasn't being treated fairly. And, and, and that's what I've actually loved that they've been in this system, but they're able to see it with a discerning point of view. So when there was an issue with the teacher and they'd come home and we'd talk about it, I'd go, well, what do you think's going on for the teacher? And they would say, well, that teacher's completely stressed. They don't know how to connect with the, with the child. They don't actually know how to teach well. And the only way they know how to do anything is, is to yell. That's the way they control the class. And I'd go, right. So how does that feel for you? You know, and then they'd be like, 
like, well, it doesn't feel fair. And it's like, right, so how can you manage yourself in that situation or what do you need to do? So it's been, for me, the most extraordinary opportunity for my children to really learn a lot about relationships and about not taking on board what's said as well. So through that lens as well, we've, we've talked about grading, you know, that a grade does not define you. Like you put in whatever effort you feel you really want to put in that that feels good for you. But whether you get a D or an A doesn't matter to me. It's never mattered to me. I've often never even actually looked at my kids' school reports a lot of the time because I'm like, it doesn't matter for me, for me. And I really want to clarify for me because I know for a lot of people it does matter and and they see education as really important. and, And I absolutely support that for everybody's journey. But for me... You know, my goal is to raise emotionally aware children who are going to find their passion and what it is that they love. And we've always talked about school is just one pathway for the time being. And hopefully it will help you get clear about what lights you up, what turns you on, what you want to do. And then we'll support you to go and do and be that in the world. So whether you get a D or an A doesn't really matter to me. You know, what matters is where are you in your being and how are you navigating this system? You know, that's where I have been with it. Um, to be really honest, there's many times where I think, oh, I just don't want to send them back because this doesn't feel good and I can see they're struggling. But we have chosen to hang in there and see how we navigate it. And, you know, by all counts, it's taught me a lot about parenting and about trust and also about navigating the system and, and empowering my children to stand up for what they see is not okay and also to be discerning about the system and about life as well. I've seen that's been one of the biggest um, gifts that they've learned so much about how the world works because the world does not work within a aware parenting frame <laughs> at all and especially the school system doesn't. So to be able to help them be discerning consumers of that has i felt has has been a a really amazing gift i find okay that was a long speech about school (laughs) you better say something now marion (laughs) oh i want to say i so celebrate you lel and whenever anyone talks about school and and questions around school and aware parenting i always say just go and talk to lel (laughs) because i just love you know all the things that you've just spoken about and what you've you know that what you've given to your children i'm sure everyone can hear that but all the, the skills that they've actually come away from. And I think what it shows is really whatever experiences we're having in our family, bringing an aware parenting lens to it and, you know, with consciousness and love can transform whatever's happening into something that's actually really helpful. So mm. I just, my hat, I take my hat off to you. I bow to you that you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think you're amazing for homeschooling your kids (laughs) because I'm like, I I don't know if I could do that. And, And look, I feel that, we have to find another option, you know, which we're going to talk about soon around mm-hmm. how we could provide education and schooling for children where they do get their needs met. So we're going to talk about more of that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is I really like to question parents about where do they sit with schooling and mm-hmm. what was that experience like for them and what lens do they then look at that through for their own children? Because that plays a huge part as well. If you grew up in a very academic family, you know, the imprint is that education is the most important thing and you do it at all costs, you know. And and it's funny how that cultural imprint is 
is really just sits there a lot of the time. So both my husband and I went to a private school, really quite well-known private school in Melbourne that cost a lot of money. And it was, you know, it's one of the kind of elite private schools. And both of us actually hated it because my husband's a creative and he was very misunderstood. And for me, even though I did okay there, I knew the, the pulse that ran through the school was very much about if you achieve, then you are a success. And, and we are all about getting the highest marks in the state. And then you'll go into university and you'll be a success, which for some people is great. But for me, I remember even being at school going, this is a boys club and this, you know, they're not taking into consideration who whole people are. And just because you achieve that doesn't mean that you are any more worth than anybody who doesn't. You know, Mm. I I remember feeling that sense of injustice at the school. And um, and so what's funny is sometimes when my middle daughter has said, I don't want to go to school and she's, you know, she's had a bit of resistance around it. My husband will go, but you've got to go. And I'll look at him and go, really? Where's that coming from? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I don't even believe that. He goes, I didn't. I hated the powerlessness at school. I hated the fact that I was misunderstood. I hated the fact that I had to fit into this box to seem to be a success or to achieve. And yet he was still (laughs) saying, you know, just pushing that onto our daughter. And so then we'd have conversations around, actually, let's come back to what we really value here and what that looks like as well. I I must say too, for anyone who has got little kids and they're thinking about navigating primary school, one of the best things I have done through all the primary school years is have lots of days off with my kids. I used to say that to the teachers at the parent-teacher interviews. I'm just giving you the heads up. We have a lot of days off in our family and they're like, oh, no, you can't. And I'm like, yeah, we can because being at school requires a huge amount of energy for little people and um, that's a lot of listening and that's a lot of holding it together. And what I really value is their emotional well-being. So we're going to have days off where we're going to go and do other things and hang out and I prioritise connection with me more than being in grade one maths. So, you know, I that for me was where I kind of set a tone. Some teachers got it, some didn't, but I didn't really care because I was like, I know that this is what my child needs in order to still manage what this looks like. And and we did that. So for anyone out there, I give you full permission to have days off because that beautiful connection or going and hanging out in the gardens or going and having adventures with your kids, whether it's once every three or four weeks, is is will fill up their cup and allow them to I think still manage in that bigger picture sometimes so I'm just putting that out there for anyone if you think I'm the only one doing it you're not um I'm a big fan of you know of having those special times together um but I think coming back to that lens of what was our imprint around schooling and what did we believe that meant so what about for you what was your imprint around schooling? where did that sit for you well I mean as you know I really went into uh, I always thought I was really stupid when I was younger and um, so when I started when I in England it's called A-levels in Australia the HSC and when I when I actually did better than I thought and I went into this whole academic world for years so so um, uh, interesting looking back I mean I can go back there's a lot of different stories around university but what I I love is now that I've got to I had this realization only quite recently actually that you know, there's the whole thing around university and I would totally support my kids if they wanted to go to university I would totally support them and if they don't want to I totally support them and what I really came to recently is that I really value all for all forms of learning mm. so you know I, there's so many things I loved about university I really value that but I value just as much um, chatting with a friend mm. or 
watching, listening to a podcast yes. or um, learning through sewing yes. or uh, just to me, we, we're we learning all the time. I think in the homeschooling movement, they used to have a thing like um, the no the, the no learning day and there was this joke of you know oh whoops you know I've been up for five minutes and I've already learned something new <laughs> I think what, what I've really come is just to to deeply trust that that given the opportunity that we love to learn as human beings that it's just an inbuilt mm. thing we want to learn mm. and I value all forms of learning that's really taken me a lot of time mm. to really a lot of for me that the homeschooling journey has been a lot of unlearning of things that I used to think you know, I used to think that writing was the most valuable form of expressing learning or, you know, the more classical forms. And now I value just as much uh, watching a YouTube video or mm. playing in the garden or mm. chatting with a friend or playing a board game. To me, mm. they're all of equal value. And I mm. think it's one of the things I love most that I've, that I've really unlearned so much of that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I love that. Learning is happening all the time. and. Yes. Uh, look, I am the same. If my children want to go to university, I'd be like, for sure, go mm. and find something you love. There's many different ways to learn and there's many different ways to do it. And I I just really have encouraged my children or many parents to just remember to look at their child as an individual because mm. every child, I believe, learns differently. And that for me, I feel like the danger is when we box them into this is how it should be. Mm. And for anyone that grew up with a lot of pressure to be academic or to go and be a doctor or it's so important that you learn to play the piano or anything that was this pressure to do it you know they'll often tell you that that it felt the joy was robbed of what it should be because Mm. there was that pressure to prove something you know and and we still value in our society high marks we still value you know when you make a lot of money you're a success you know it's still seen as a really big draw card if you especially in our system here in year 12 if you you know these exams and these cats that you do you it get to the end of the year and that mark defines where you are now some people are very good at doing school like in the sense of that they're very good at, at getting information you know regurgitating it in a way that the the markers want to hear and mm. that's that they're very good at doing that and yeah. for others that isn't their strength at all mm-hmm. and you know i really do believe our whole complete schooling system needs to change <laughs> i just see that there is so much room for improvement because we live in a different world now and yes. i think we have the opportunity to cater to so much more opportunity for learning and i think it's time that we all get a little bit fired up about that mm-hmm. <laughs> because i think that sometimes that needs to come from the parents and say hey this doesn't feel right you know and and what is it that my child wants to do and how can that look and yes. look that's not for everybody you mm. know and again we us we so celebrate choice yes. and what feels right yes. for you um i think i do work with a lot of people who whose kids do find it tricky at school and we talk about strategies and ways to work with that mm-hmm. and um I definitely think there's options within it, but you know, my big push is to to really take a look and go, okay, how do I really feel about this, and what is the system actually doing and saying, and does that really resonate with what we want? Yes. You know, that's what I am posing that question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mm. I'm reading this about deep listening to ourselves and deep listening to our children, isn't it? And trusting that, and I think that's what I've really come to as well. Is really just thinking over the years, some of the things you were sharing. I remember many times my children just my uh, my daughter in particular she'd be up till 11 o'clock at night doing maths workbooks mm. and she'd have done you know eight hours and she was just so immersed in it and yes. really just trusting that every child is different and mm. you know some learn to read later on and some 
some love to write, some will never enjoy writing, some mm. will, you know, it's just that each child is so individual and the more we can listen to them and support mm. them and, and let them know that we unconditionally mm. love them, whether or not they actually love writing essays or not, or mm. whether they get top marks. So to me, that's the most important thing. And I love that mm. we, that's such a thing we share is that that's the most important thing to me that, uh, you know, I trust my children. I share as much as I can. I unconditionally love them, whatever they want to do, and I will support them in yes. that. Oh, I really, really value that, their individuality yes. and that they are enough no matter what they do. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's that's where one of the hiccups with schooling is. If we don't fit into this little box of what mainstream schooling says, then we're not enough. And, that you know, that, that causes huge things. <laughs> you know, that, that is an ongoing story for a lot of adults, we see now, because of that, yes. that schooling exactly. paradigm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking as well, you know, one of the things I talk to parents about is if your child does go to school and they're not particularly academic like some of your experiences you've talked about is really giving them lots of that sense of you know really supporting them and celebrating them and seeing them in what they do love and what they yes. are competent at and showing that we value that as much as writing mm. I mean, to me it, you know this the valuing of the writing and the thinking mm. and the university in our culture is part of this bigger the bigger mm. picture isn't it that we still in, in our culture doesn't value body-based learning it doesn't mm. it doesn't value um wisdom or intuition or learning that comes through other sources it values books and uh, you know that kind of mm. outer factual learning and and i think the more we can show our children that we value all forms i think that's such a gift Mm, mm, yes I absolutely agree which which brings me to my you know little offering that I I'm wanting to talk about little offering (laughs) (laughs) well through this journey of aware parenting and um and through managing my children through school you know I have been working with a a beautiful woman who came to me about a year ago actually now and said um why don't we build a primary school? So, and I was like, what do you mean build a primary school? And she's like, well, I'm just not happy with where my kids go and everything you've taught me about aware parenting, what if we brought that into schooling? And so I was just like, oh my God, this is the school I wish I could have sent my children to. It's a school I wish I could have gone to. So we actually have a primary school that we are creating. Uh, that's, Woohoo! Uh, yes. <laughs> Which uh, we are hopefully opening next year, 2020. Um, in in Melbourne or just out of Melbourne in Geelong in a place called Ceres. Um, our school is called Woodline Primary School and the Woodline is all about the beautiful holding of children yet there's a path, a line that they can take their own journey within it. And um, our Woodline Primary School is based all on aware parenting philosophies. Yay, so yeah, hallelujah. so all our teachers are aware parenting trained. Um, the whole essence of the school is about embracing feelings allowing children to turn up to be whoever they need to be um, to inspire children to learn because they're excited and passionate so we have different learning models within the school everything is about kind of that own personal growth of learning at their own level so we're not comparing grades or anything like that it really is about the child and its develop and their development so whether a child is great at, at writing in grade five or uh, sorry in, in you know when they're a five-year-old or they're not it's actually okay we're working with the child and their strengths and what they need to work with. Um, you know, the main thing around, and this beautiful, our primary school is set on a beautiful farm. So we have chooks and horses and 
we're hoping we can have a dog we're just trying to figure that out at the moment but they do as much time outside as inside and they work in the gardens and we grow our vegetables and we cook and we bring all those beautiful elements of real life the connection with the earth back into the classroom and really we we're wanting to do something called world-centered education which is very much about what are we learning and what is that impact on the world and and where am i in that so it really gives them a point of reference for what they are learning we're not just learning algebra because it's algebra but how does this look in the real world and how can that make sense to me so really that making sense to the body element is what we're trying to do but for me the biggest piece really is in most schools there is still a lot of shaming that goes on there is still a lot of behavioralism that goes on children are good or they're bad Um, and this is very much about seeing where the child is at and how do we help the child come back into balance so we use attachment play we listen to feelings Um, all our teachers get listening time so that's part of you know my whole philosophy for this school is that in order for the children for the the teachers to hold the children like what we would do at home they need to be held so um, all our teachers get listening time we offer listening time for parents we offer we're parenting workshops for parents as part of the school we offer a lot of support for the whole family picture and really you know our our basic essence we come back to is we want children to feel safe because in order to learn we have to feel safe and if we don't feel safe we don't learn we are spending our time constantly scanning our surroundings is it safe for me to be here is it safe for me to learn and for a lot of children it is not in the schooling system because when there's the fear of being told off getting in trouble doing the wrong thing um, then their nervous system is often on high alert you know and they're not taking in information so the sense of safety that we're creating for the children is the utmost importance within this this um, paradigm that we're looking at so I feel optimistic <laughs> that there is change out there. Um, I feel like this was is a very blessed project that fell on my lap with just the most amazing team and support to make it happen. And I feel, I really hope that it's the first of many that can be, you know, replicated around the world really um, for, for children to grow and learn in an environment that feels 100% safe. So the parts that I've always felt that are missing at school is what we're trying to bring to our environment. So yes, that's our um, that's our little offering or alternative for what we're doing. So it's still in production at the Moelso production. We're still getting there, and our goal is to open in 2020, and everything's on track for that to happen. But you never know. But regardless of that, I'm sure it it will launch when it's meant to. But you know, I feel even coming this far down the track, writing the policies, really building the vision for the school is that it's time for something like this to happen. And there's enough parents I've spoken to who go, yes, I want this. This is what I want. So I do feel like it's um, it's the right time for change to happen. Yeah, and we'll build this primary school and then we'll figure out how to do a secondary school after that. Yeah. I have yeah. lots of parents saying we want to move down to Melbourne just so <laughs> they can join. So amazing though. I really mm. want to acknowledge you and celebrate mm. you and appreciate you. I think it will be a... Um, a template for, for schools around the world and you're really starting a whole new a paradigm and new era so thank you I think oh, you're amazing mm, thank you darling <laughs> I'm a little bit weary <laughs> to tell you it's a big job yeah. but I'm, I'm inspired but yes I'm um, I, I just feel like it's yes it's time mm. it's time and and you know that that kind of I guess brings 
us to our suggestion or offering for this podcast is I would really love to encourage people to just to really challenge your thinking around education of what that looks like or what that imprint's been for you. And is there a way that you can help make change? You know, so whether that is going and and helping in the classroom or bringing an element of mindfulness or awareness to a school, to teachers, supporting teachers more, to bringing in, especially where parenting philosophies in the school, like it's a big, that's a huge thing, but, you know, to start slowly really does make a difference. You know, you can see that. So I really invite people to just think about what you could do to, to bring in another element. And my other suggestion would be to, if you do have a little person at school, to just be having being mindful of what it looks like to offer them lots of connection after school. So when they've been there for the day at kinder or at school, what would it be like if you spend just half an hour of connection, whether that's play, just listening? Does that help them offload off from the day? Do they share more about what's happened in their day? All those kind of things to help them process what that is going to school so that they can feel more balanced in themselves. So that's probably my invitations. What about for you? Yeah, my invitation would be to 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 connect in with what feel yeah what you really really want for your child and to know that you have choice and I think the more mm. empowered we feel to make choices as parents the more that mm. has the impact for our children that they mm. have that sense of choice too so mm. yes yes and there's no one right way yes. Yes. that's it you've got it with there's no you know you've got to find what resonates for your child yes what resonates for you you know it's yes totally and that's the beautiful thing about having more than one child <laughs> you just realize how different they all are it keeps you yeah. humble doesn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah. um so our recommendations or follow-ups would be go and check out the homework myth by Elfie Cohn he He's got a lot of great stuff to say about education, a lot of great stuff. A lot of what we're doing also in our Woodline Primary School is, is based on some of his work. Are you doing no um, homework? Um, no homework, no, absolutely no so homework. Good. Yeah, no, 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 Love definitely that. no okay. homework. Um, oh, we have to have time to play, so yes, no homework. Um, Ken, Ken, yes. Robinson. Mm. Ken Robinson, I love Ken Robinson's book, The Elements. Mm. The mm. Element, I really recommend that. It's, it's so much about what we're mm. talking about, really so listening to that that spark in our child mm. and following it and really supporting them to to do what they love mm. in their lives such mm. an amazing thing beautiful and then aletha's book cooperative and connected um has also got some beautiful stuff around just you know education and learning and those kind of things and also um check out woodline primary um so if you google woodline primary you'll find us um, we haven't set up our domain yet. We we're just waiting to get approval. So if you Google Woodline Primary School, you'll definitely find us if you are interested in what we're doing and what we're achieving. And you can also find us on Facebook as well. Woodline Primary School will be on Facebook. So you can have a look there to, to keep abreast of what we're doing. Um, yes. So I thank you again for joining us, for listening. We hope this has given you some insights into schooling or education for your child or for yourself and and again, you know, always coming back to just tuning into what resonates and what feels what feels good for you. So thanks for being here. Mm, so much love. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.